the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, this station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Welcome, welcome to another Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to be with you on this Monday, February 6, 2023. The Lord is good. Let the church say amen. So, yeah, it's good to be with you on this Monday. Glad to have you on the radio with me. And um, so much to talk about. Let me give you the, the number. I'm kind of like... Maybe a bit of a potpourri, maybe a bit of a, just kind of an open forum, but got a few things on my mind, but I'd love to hear from you. one 367 one I'm often broadcasting on Mondays by the grace of God, as you guys know, and then we're on uh, every day from 12 noon to 12.30 on our Way of Grace program here on this KFAC station. If you guys have never listened to the preaching, proclamation, teaching, exhortation, warning, and urging of yours truly, it is something to experience if you never have. Um, we are doing a series right now through the Bible. It's called um, sort of a biblical theology, an excursion through the Old Testament into the New. And our theme this year is Arise, Move, and Go. And one of the things I'm helping our people do is to develop a greater sensitivity to God's voice in terms of his uh, His nudging us to, uh, to be alert and then to be obedient in the different areas and scenarios of our life, we are very clear that uh, often even the professing believer can be stuck in a uh, pattern of life that does not honor God, um, just far, far from the peaceful shore, far, far from a productive, visible um, involved relationship with the body of Christ. There's a kind of syndrome going on in our world and particularly in the West, but certainly uh, in Western uh, civilization period in our post-Christian era. You got a lot of people who actually really do think they're doing a good job as Christians, but are abandoning all of the fundamentals that constitutes a real a vital testimony to Jesus. They don't take worship seriously. They don't take the Bible seriously. They don't take the study of God's word seriously. They don't take holding up biblical principles in terms of conversation and dialogue with others, which would be um, bearing record to the truth seriously. And so very frequently, 
people who profess to be believers are only believers in name, not so much as believers in uh, in, in in word and deed, just in name. And uh, that that's a scary thing because uh, Jesus would warn us constantly that we are living in times where uh, when the Son of Man comes back, he says in Luke 18, will he find faith on the earth? Um, and literally he's de- dealing with a context in which a woman was being abused uh, by her adversaries and she was knocking on the doors of the judge, a widow woman, to let to, to grant her uh, uh, relief from the grievance that she was experiencing by this person that was taking advantage of her. She continued knocking, continued seeking, continued asking until the judge gave in. And the Lord used that as a model of faith for the believer to seek God constantly to know God's will and to do God's will and to walk with him. But I must admit, as well as other very sage men and women who have been in the faith a long time, we're living in a very low ebb of Christian faith today. Uh, And it's a dangerous thing. We all need to be able to be more alert and obedient to God if we don't want to find ourselves in an ultimate crisis where we are rejected of God for not knowing him, even though we think we do. Very important series. We're in the uh, sixth chapter of the book of Genesis dealing with uh, Noah and God's call to Noah to arise, move and go and to uh, to live a counterintuitive uh, life of open, obvious, pervasive, and persistent witnessing to the world that there is a cataclysmic uh, crisis uh, on the horizon, a storm that will wipe out humanity. That was uh, that was Noah's assignment. Uh, and uh, as you and I might predict, people didn't want to pay attention to him. But uh, but the flood came anyway. The world was flooded out. It came anyway, even though people didn't want to pay attention. And God's speaking to you and me today. He really is. And uh, and, and people are not listening. It's fashionable today to call yourself a Christian. But don't listen to God. It's fashionable today to immerse yourself in this world system and really think that um, you're pleasing God. But in reality, you are not living that counterintuitive uh, life of enterprise where people are going one way and you're going the other. That is philosophically, ideologically, theologically, and therefore um, in terms of your conduct and your communication. Uh, Noah swam upstream, no pun intended. Wasn't that much water at that time, but it would be shortly. And he prepared himself for that. And the exhortation to you and me would be, are are you really prepared? Do you live like you are? I dealt with that term prepared in our text in Hebrews 11, 7. And it has to do with uh, uh, latching down um, a vessel. Uh, preparing a vessel and latching it down in such a way that that vessel could withstand storms, could handle uh, adversity, could endure affliction and resistance. That's the idea of preparing. And the reality is, is that God has always told you and me we need to prepare. John the Baptist said, prepare you the way of the Lord. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make straight his path. And that was John preaching repentance and faith before Jesus came and people believed him. And guess what? Jesus showed up and uh, and 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 it was Amos, the prophet that said, prepare to meet your God. 
And uh, Israel will continue to live in rebellion against God. And he showed up in the person of his son, Jesus. And they had 37 years to get right with God through the revelation of his son, Jesus. And they didn't. And Jesus said, be prepared, because when you see uh, the eagles flying, you'll know that that's where the carcasses will be. He warned about the coming of the Roman Empire 37 years later and Israel didn't pay much attention to it. And they were taken in the judgment. And what we warn men and women about is that daily we are dying. But more than that, and, and that's important, quite frankly, you and I could go any time and Jesus said it himself, your time is always ready. That is your time to die. And uh, he gave a parable in Matthew chapter seven. You remember it, the parable of the man that built his house on sand versus the man that built his house on the rock. And the question that might be presented to you and me in this very appropriate hour is how are you building your house? Is it on the sand of your own whimsical agenda, your own plans and goals? your own assumptions of what is really important today? Or is it really built upon the solid rock of Jesus, the gospel, the word of God, and a life of obedience to God as a witness bearer of the truth? Um, if the latter is true, then you don't have to worry about being surprised. If you're actually walking in faith, if you're walking in the uh, the means of grace, if you're doing what God is calling you to do in terms of walking with God, because this is what was this is the theme running through the Old Testament. Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Adam walked with God. Abraham walked with God. David walked with God. Moses walked with God. Walking with God is what it means to worship God and worship him radically and consistently and publicly and corporately, not in these isolated modalities that men and women are walking in today. That is a function of an existential hyper uh, selfishness that is really uh, akin to a sort of a, a narcissism where you just kind of carve out your own little commune between you and God, just me and God. Um, there's a time coming where that may be, but it certainly is not now. And uh, and by the way, the, you know, uh, there you and I still have levels of freedom that other people don't have around the planet. And this allows us, while we have some of those freedoms, to be able to continue to do what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 10. Do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves as some do, and especially as you see the day drawing nigh, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Uh, to do so is to willingly reject the main purpose of the gospel, and that is to be a public communicative witness to the world that one day Jesus shall return. And that between now and then, every time a church door opens that faithfully proclaims the gospel and men and women begin to gather into it and the world sees us leaving our public duties, leaving our corporate duties and entering into the sacred assembly as they bear record to that gathering. They are being reminded prophetically that one day God will gather all of his people out of this world and the ungodly and the wicked and the rebel will be facing God all by themselves. No more having the testimony and warning of what we call the call to worship. 
You hear it in the Muslim culture. You'll hear a really loud horn that will be calling Muslims to worship. Well, that really needs to be taking place for us as Christians, too, to remind men and women that it is their duty to worship the true and the living God and much more the professing Christian. All right. All the lines are open. one 367 5329 one Lots to talk about on this Monday edition of Lifeline. You're listening to Jesse Gistan. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. Give me a call. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. The time 520 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And uh, taking your calls. I sure am. one 367 5329 Taking your calls to help you work through some of your thoughts, um, some of your observations, and some of your concerns. If you want to begin the dialogue, you can give yours truly a call. one 367 5329 is the number to reach me. Um, the Bible tells us in the... the Uh, Epistle to the Galatians, chapter six, do not be weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. And the point is, the goal of your adversary and your own fallen nature is to get you to quit, get you to stop, get you to abandon serving God, forsake the Lord, forsake his ways, forsake his patterns. And that is what we call the great falling away. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 13, but he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved, rewarded, rewarded. See, perseverance is the hallmark of true faith. And uh, and in time, you see the advances of, of progress when 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 you stand against opposition, when you stand against tyranny, when you stand against wickedness, when you stand against wrong at the micro level or at the macro level. Um, I don't know if you know what it's like when you are in a situation, you're tested by a scenario that comes up where some wrong is being done and um you probably the only one that can actually uh, resolve that matter. You know more. You have more insight, maybe more pull. You might even be stronger. And uh, the question comes to your mind, should I get involved? Should I not get involved? Well, the issue is what kind of morals and ethics do you have? Do you have morals and ethics that says I'm going to mind my own business? I'm going to stay to myself. And as long as what people are doing doesn't bother me, then I'm good. If you have that kind of uh, that kind of moral, ethical privatism, then you're unbiblical. You're not a Christian. The Bible's clear that we ought to be our brother's keeper. And uh, you and I have been uh, engaged in what is clear to some of the brightest thinkers in the world is a major, major shift in governance, a major shift in policy, a major shift in terms of the conglomeration of powers around the world. We would say global powers. We are very clear that we have been under a very uh, uh, maniacal and uh, dark uh, experiment for the last three years. A very serious experiment. It can be more technically defined. I'm not going to do that at the moment. But uh, most uh, learned men, most most uh, educated uh, and strategically positioned men and women are aware that we have been explored with at the um, 
the biomedical and uh, um, we would say corporate, corporatocratic and oligarchical uh, uh, manner of, of control in our lives. The uh, wealthy and the corporate industries have combined together to uh, to uh, condition our world for a kind of uh, domination over it that that uh, as a human being, if you have any sense of uh, social consciousness, you know, things are not right. And that's what's been going on for the last three years. And people have been crying out about it as I make my way to um, what has been recently a dialogue between Jordan B. Peterson and Joe Rogan um, on a alternative to the present oligarchs an alternative to the present uh, corporatocratic rule over our uh, lives and the um, intrusion of policies that are telling us how we are going to live over the next seven years. I'm going to share with you what he says. But the first thing is, is that. Um, Biden has been uh, told and he is doing it, letting uh, that is your president, um, Joe Biden, has been told and he is now going to implement an end to the mandates on May 11th, 2023 in the next couple of months. That's what he says. Uh, why is the date arbitrary? Why? Why not do it tomorrow? Why not do it yesterday? Since you and I know that uh, the mandates were ungodly and unconstitutional. And absolutely harmful. We know that. But he's going to be dropping the May 11th. And uh, I got it from some good sources very close to um, the um, information that, if you will, is given to 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 the Biden administration from the medical from the medical field. Got it from some real good sources. They told the uh, Democrats, including the Biden administration, you, sh- you shall not you should not continue to push these jabs. This is not a policy for success. And they know why. They absolutely know why. Not only are they not safe and effective, but they are harmful. And there was a whole lot of um, very, very unethical and bad practices engaged in this emergency use authority process. The fruits of which will come out if we can ever get control over our media again so that uh, the Freedom of Information Act can lay out all of the uh, already uh, very well established, very clearly examined and very articulately uh, deconstructed on the part of the greater uh, greater scientists and doctors and professors around the world. They've already done it. All of this is in your alternative media. You'll never get it in your mainstream media because they have been bought, bought and paid for uh, lock, stock and barrel. So you won't get it. But you already know it because you have a method of social um uh, information on your cell phone where you are from time to time accidentally or uh, or on purpose uh, given to hear alternative news. And if you should ever peruse down those different uh, platforms, you will discover that there are tens of millions of people now, hundreds of millions of people that are aware of what we have been crying and screaming and warning you about for the last two or three years. So that is good news. It's good news that Joe Biden is going to stop this madness, which is just one of a whole litany of his policies that tells you and I that he has absolutely no love for America. He is what we call a globalist.
His whole allegiance is to the larger global agenda. His, his the uh, he is completely given to the World Economic Forum. He is completely given to um, to to that system that is seeking to actually um, hijack and dominate all of your major industries and turn them into a big kind of a Walmart or. Um, something bigger than that to where everybody has to go to those institutions to get what they want. In other words, an ending of uh, private life, private property, private income, private resources. That's your president. And uh, part of the bridge to that kind of uh, dystopian uh, global uh, domination was this whole series of jabs that you and I have been uh, forced to have to deal with over the last two or three years. Fortunately, again, because we deal with politics in our country, we're coming up on the elections and and the, the left, the liberals are hoping that you are ignorant, dumb, stupid once again and have such a sharp memory that you'll go out like uh, nine uh, mind numb robots to quote a phrase from Rush Limbaugh. Uh, as zombies and continue to vote the same way you have all the time and uh, and, and, and ever increase the um, <clears throat> the power of our government to um, to force upon us policies for which we won't have a legitimate grounds for refuting short of war, uh, civil war in our nation. Another piece of good news, that is your governor, Governor Newsom, Gavin Newsom, Uh, is dropping these ungodly and unconstitutional vaccine mandates for our children in school. I told you, if you stand long enough, you'll win that battle. That battle is being won. And it's not like they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart. Don't you be fooled, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to me. And let's say you are pro-vaccine. That's that's sad, but uh, let's say you are. Um, the fact of the matter is the reason why these policies are being dropped is because there's been so much heat, so much legal heat, so many lawsuits, so many different uh, law institutions going after not only Biden, because Biden, the Biden administration is being sued, but the medical industry and the military as well is being sued. Because what happens when you when you employ the legal recourse, you do get to have what is called discovery and discovery allows all of the stuff that people are trying to hide to be brought out on the table. And what good legal institutions do, uh, such as ICANN, uh, an institution working with the High Wire and Dell Bigtree, they've won tons of victories. They bring the information out. They show it to the public on platforms that are at least reasonably available. Again, hundreds of millions of people are seeing this around the world. That puts pressure on the government. And so now the Biden administration is about to drop all of this. So we'll have a measure of freedom from being poisoned for the next couple of years. If, in fact, we don't end up in another war escalation where um, they will pretend again some kind of biological weapon and then therefore tell you the solution to this biological uh, weapon is uh, more vaccines, more vaccines. Um, I don't think that that is out of the uh, scope of possibility, but I would hope that we can get two or three years so that we can actually see a voting process 
here in 2025 that will actually be a changing of the guards, of which when I come back from the break, I'm going to be talking to you about Jordan B. Peterson's solution, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about it, too. Finally, a group of men and women are standing up and saying, hey, let's establish another parallel system, and if we have enough resources, enough money, enough influence, enough power, we can begin to function without having to submit to the um, to the World Economic Forum or to Davos or to the International Monetary Fund or to any of the globalist agendas who have assumed authority over our lives without our permission, without our permission. So I got to take another break. Again, three lines open, one 367 5329 We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, indeed. We are back at the time, 536 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open. one 367 Three lines open. one 367 Eternal vigil- vigilance is what you and I are being called to. I have been... Um, I have been uh, promoting and passing out via email an absolutely wonderful documentary called Never Again. Uh, It's a product of the Children's Health Defense uh, website where Robert F. Kennedy Jr., one of of what I consider will be a, a dark hero in the days to come, because he has fought for children for so many decades against uh, the abuse of the medical industry and the medical system as well. A lot of lies are going on in our world. As you guys know, our our government lies to us all the time. It's a shame that one has to actually say that because um, the fundamental disposition of citizens uh, in their naivete is to just want to believe that the government is telling them the truth and that they want to, uh, you know, we want to believe the best in our government. But the reality is the Bible never tells you to do that. I've said that before to you. You won't hear it much from from, uh, many pulpits because we've been preconditioned to be American Christians rather than biblical Christians. And to be a biblical Christian is to know this, that men are wicked by nature and that the goal of governments without being utterly restrained by God is power, not truth. The thing that threatens secular power is truth. I want you to know that. And here's how you know it. Because when you are told the truth over against what your government tells you, frequently out of fear, you reject the truth. Because you too are persuaded that power equals truth rather than truth equaling truth, whether it has power or not. This is the oxymoronic nature of Jesus. He is the truth personified, and yet he did not come exercising a great deal of uh, earthly power. He did that to teach you and me the lesson that truth is not defined by who is the most powerful in the world. And in fact, what the goal of the enemy has always been to do is to utilize power to control people, to give them a false narrative so that they believe a lie. I believe that's where we are in our world today. I really do. 
And uh, every day the evidence is mounting. Well, this presentation called Never Again, you can find it on uh, Children's Health Defense. You can go to childrenshealthdefense.org and uh, they have multiple presentations that will help you, give you insight into the history of medicine, into the history of vaccine, into the history of harm. Just they've done an outstanding job of building their website out over the last three years to give people the information if they want. And this is what's fascinating to me, you guys. What's fascinating to me is that the evil that was intended by the globalists and their agenda to work with eugenicists. Now, many of us know that eugenics has been a fundamental nemesis for our country for hundreds of years, and it was a it was an intended agenda to wipe out African Americans and to destroy the populations of the world, especially African American cultures, and the eugenics agenda was employed in Hitler's Nazi Germany during the uh, Holocaust. You must know that. Genocide is a tactic of a depopulation agenda on the part of your eugenicists. We are still dealing with that today. It will emerge to be the truth because you can't hide the truth forever. And so I would recommend if you if you if you've never watched it, it's a five part series and you can you can you can um, you can take my email address and I'll send it to you. It's all free. GBC girl boy cat Hayward at gmail.com GBC boy girl boy cat Hayward at gmail.com so happy to be a kind of facilitator I'm kind of a hub for many very high quality presentations and documentaries and and articles I'm going to read one here shortly uh, underscoring what I want to talk about with Jordan B. Peterson I'll probably be doing that in our uh, in our last in our second hour because I want to talk to you about um, his uh, skyrocketing fame his his uh, meteoric ascent to popularity around the world. Very bright man. Very, very bright man. Psychologist by degree, uh, educator and, and from Canada. And if many of you have known him, you've learned a lot about how he is bumping up against and professing to be a Christian of the uh, Catholic and I would say the Orthodox faith. Um, but he has served to do something in these last three years to me that is absolutely essential in the larger public sphere. And that is he's smart enough, intelligent enough, read enough enough to be able to tackle some of the more important institutional ideologues that exist on the planet from global warning, uh, warming to the military, to um, social issues, to education, certainly in the area of psychology. And he has also, I think, uh, given a warning to the church about being relevant today in these critical areas of uh, complex scientific uh, and philosophical issues, needing a voice from God's word to actually uh, challenge and to uh, deconstruct and to analyze the moral, ethical and spiritual uh, validity if not relevance of many of these policies that are going on in our world. Um, I be no, bemoan with a lot of people. I bemoan with a lot of people, you guys. The absence of brilliant Christians speaking up publicly 
against the atrocities that are being committed by our government and these institutions. Educational institutions like our colleges, our universities, which used to be uh, rooted and founded in biblical principles, Christian principles. You know that. Oxford, Yale, Oxford's on the other side of the world, Yale, uh, Harvard, Princeton, and so forth. So many used to be biblical. They are apostate now. I said this on Sunday. America is like the children of Israel are apostate now. We've we've gone past Christ so um, so significantly today that that people barely even use his name, except or, you know cursing or something, swearing or something. The reality is is that you and I are dealing with a a time where the Word of God rightly divided and craftily communicated in the context of the disciplines that are taking place in our world, disciplines that we cannot avoid addressing, like the medical industry. You can't tell me to just sit on the reservation of mere theological speculatives and not have a word from God concerning do no harm when it comes to medicine. You can't tell me that. I'm going to let you know that the whole medical industry in its origin had its basis in care and kindness in a Judeo-Christian construct. It was certainly before Christianity. It certainly had a prevalent uh, period in your um, Socratic era, in your um, in your uh, Hellenistic era or your Greek culture, but it goes all the way back to the days of Moses. And medicine has been around for a long time and it was almost always confluenced with some kind of spiritual framework, some kind of spiritual principles. Chemistry used to be alchemy and so forth. And astrology and astronomy went together. And medicine was something that had a sort of hodge mixture of uh, acknowledgement of the gods and the deities and revelations and all of that. But as we have moved into a much more um, scientific age, what has emerged, and this is what Jordan is dealing with, is a massive separation between the secular science pseudo-gods and theology. A massive separation between those two classes. And science now has been living with a vacuum for a good hundred years and has taken on a pseudo-god-like position. And it is offering up edicts and ideologies and decrees and, and, and punishing people if you don't bow down and worship it. This is what you and I have been dealing with for the last three years. You know I'm telling you the truth. And there now must be an accounting for this kind of uh, crass usurpation of God's right in our lives. The church needs to be speaking into this. Where is it? I've got to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to continue exhorting and I'll begin to take your phone calls. Three lines open, one 367 We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. The last segment in this first hour I'm going to read a portion from uh, a, uh, a substack by Dr. Peter A. McCullough, one of my um, one of my uh, admired uh, list of brave men and women who are wanting to tell the truth. He has a, st- st- a substack called Courageous Discourse. And so this is kind of what we were ta- I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, by the way, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll probably end up taking all the calls in the next hour, but you guys stay on the line. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Courageous discourse. Um, I, I taught this 
uh, fourfold principle of ideological subversion given to us by Yuri Bezmenov, uh, an ex-KGB officer who laid out eloquently in about an hour and 45 minutes to, an, uh, to two hours how you subvert a nation. And if you don't see that your nation is subverted, then I know you're blind. He says the way you subvert a nation is first use propaganda to um, to alter their state of mind. And that's what our country has been dominated with for the last 70, 80 years. Television and media has altered the state of mind of human beings. They do not think well or accurately. Secondly, through that propaganda, subconsciously and through advertisement and through repetitiveness, change their passions and desires and demoralize them. So, see, when you watch enough of this secular world system, you find yourself inclined to actually submit to rather than resist this world system, as John put in first John chapter two, around verse 14 and 15, love, not the world. That is his world system. But you find men and women everywhere absolutely committed to this world system in terms of work, in terms of ideology, in terms of worldviews, in terms of perspectives, in terms of its uh, rhetoric and framing, even professing Christians. They're more like this world system than they are of God. And John says you cannot love the world, neither the things in the world, because these things are not of the father. So when you don't have a Christian worldview that is so robust that you are willing to tell men and women when you are either intuitively or factually aware of something being wrong, then the the good likelihood is you have slipped into allegiance to the world system and the love of the father is not dominating your life. Well, to be a Christian is to be a person who engages in courageous discourse. And that's what uh, Dr. McCullough does with his substack, as well as many other brave men and women. The list is way too long for me to name them off. But listen to this article. And we're going to take this up in our uh, on our on our second hour here just in a few minutes. And there are three lines open. One, triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. This is called Jordan Peterson's proposal for alternatives to the World Economic Forum. If you don't know about it, then again, your head's in the sand. He says, returning power to local communities composed of responsible citizens is his objective. I want to say that. Take the power from these conglomerates, these corporatocratic oligarchs and authorities. Take the power back. You can do it. You just got to wake up to that reality and put it in the hands and communities of responsible, knowledgeable citizens. Listen to this article. In his recent Joe Rogan interview, Dr. Jordan Peterson articulated a vision of an alternative to the central oligarchic power that has in recent years greatly extended its power over mankind. And he said to Mr. Rogan, you guys, Russell Brand and and Joe Rogan, are very sensitive to the danger of that kind of corrupt collusion, that regulatory capture that occurs when corporate entities Media entities, governmental entities are all in bed together like the FDA, the CDC and so forth. And if you don't understand what we mean by FDA and CDC, they should not be operating together. They are actually in conflict with each other. For years, Dr. Peterson has been the world's most eloquent critic of corrupt central power. I agree. 
As he has frequently explained, much of the trouble is the inevitable outcome of an organization or jurisdiction that becomes so big that those who occupy the command center cease having any contact with or understanding of the far-flung communities that lie in their dominion. Sounds like a kind of monarchical or dynastic system living way up on the hill while everybody else is grumbling down on the ground. His critique touches on the longstanding tension between empire and nation states. In the U.S., in the American context, we see the same tension between federal authority and state rights. It seems to me that one arrangement is not necessarily better than the other. It's true. It all depends on the quality of the laws, the integrity of their administration, and the character of those in office. Did you get that triad? The quality of the laws, the integrity of the administration, and the character of those in office. I write this post, says Dr. McCullough, in a hotel a few hundred yards away from the Secretariat Building in New Delhi, India. The administrative seat of the British rule in India from 1931 to 1947. Now, the government cabinet offices of the Republic of India. There is a vast literature on British rule in India and whether it was on the whole good or bad for the diverse people who occupy the Indian subcontinent. Some have argued that British rule brought many positive developments to the region. That's true. Others have argued that British rule was exploitative. That's true. This is not mutually exclusive. I suspect It was a combination of both, says Dr. McCullough. Listen to this. In the case of COVID-19 pandemic response, it's clear that the centralized power imperialist model was a catastrophe. Do any of you know what I'm talking about or what he's talking about here? Or are you still oblivious to the catastrophic nature of what happened over the last two years? Countless observers were astonished at the lockstep response of the U.S., U.K., Canada and EU and Australian governments to the pandemic. Lockstep, lockstep. Do you know what that means? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Tell me if you do. A scenario envisaged by a Rockefeller Foundation's 210 Global Governance Strategy document. This is no coincidence because the Rockefeller Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the World Economic Forum, and the Wellcome Trust, along with CFR, Council for Foreign Relations, my words, are key players in what we call the biopharmaceutical complex, a centralized globalist power structure that drove the pandemic's response. Prior to 2020, it was not in the least bit controversial to point out that the Rockefeller Gates Foundations were wielding an outsized influence on global health and agricultural policy, food and drugs. FDA, food and drugs, CDC, okay? Policies around governance of these different uh, medical uh, products. I'm very glad to see that Dr. Peterson is now speaking about the regulatory capture that occurs when corporate entities, media entities and governmental entities are all in bed together like the FDA, the CDC. To see this section of his recent recent Joe interview, go online and look it up. It's fascinating. It gives great insight. There are seven things that Peterson talks about that he would like to see done if he could, in fact, uh, ascertain Uh, enough men and women. And it sounds like he will because he's been talking to some. I don't know if you guys follow him, but he has riveting, insightful uh, discussions with some of the world top scientists 
across the whole spectrum. And I appreciate that he's crossing lines and dealing with Muslims and dealing with different religious groups and non-religious groups and secular groups as well, because there's still a need for a kind of discernful integration in our society in order to push back on what we are starting to see is a financial conglomerate of what we have heard long ago, the, in the military industrial complex, the military, military media medical industrial complex today, military media medical industrial complex. That's what you and I are dealing with. You're dealing with a oligarchy, corporatocratic governance of the military, media and medical industry trying to bring everybody, subsume everybody under its control. Right along with the World Economic Forum, with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, with the Council for Foreign Relations. All of this is working together. If God opens your eyes, bless you. If not, you've got a problem. Because we're dealing with some of the same things that went back, went on back in 1933 through 1945, when the when the nations of the world allowed Hitler to kill to the tune of 11 to 15 million people. And nobody did anything about it because the nations were still being governed from the top by your eugenist, your eugenicist and your globalist who want to depopulate the world, which means you and I don't mean anything to them. And if they can kind of hoodwink you into being afraid and stick something in your arm that would dictate the quality of your life and the duration of it, they will. They have. Um, We're going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to take your phone calls on the other side. I will highlight four or five of Jordan Peterson's solutions just so you can share them. I mean, hear them. I think they're pretty good. But I want you to call. I've got three lines open. One, triple eight. 367-5329, 367-5329, be alert and be obedient to God. I'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 